0: Do you want to live longer, but live a healthier, happier life? Well then listen up today, because we're talking about the secrets of Super Agers right here on Polly Campbell's Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell's Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And I think that means living a long and happy life. I want those years, but I also want quality in my years. You know, I I don't want to get so hung up in uh, trying to hit. The media perspective, what a woman what should look like or what I want to go how I feel. I want to chase my passions and I want to do it throughout the rest of the years of my life. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we have a uh, San Francisco based yoga teacher and author, Elise Collins. Elise is the author of several books, including Super Ager. You can look younger, have more energy, a better memory and live a long and healthy life. And she is here to talk
1: to us about all of this. Welcome to the show, Elise. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to dive into this topic with your listeners.
0: Well, we, uh, we are too. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you. And I'm so excited that I jumped right in before we even got the recording going. Because I think this is such an important topic. I think often we think of longevity instead of the quality of how we lived those years. And you talk a lot in your book and in your teaching about living the kind of life we want to live and feeling good doing it.
1: Yeah, I think there's an idea, a perception that we have to sacrifice to live longer. We have to kind of give up happiness, give up all that good stuff. But I really don't believe that's true. Um, We can go into a lot of the reasons why we've been sort of sold that. But I think that the things you talk about on your podcast, uh, you know, being happy, um, living well every day, those are the kind of things that actually help you live a longer life. And it's, it's a daily practice.
0: I, I was just going to say that it's a daily practice. Like, I think sometimes we forget we have a decision in this. We have, it, it's not always easy for me, but I have a decision about how I'm going to choose to feel. And if I'm feeling low, there are things I can do to help my mood, to help my body feel better, right? You write about that in super ager. What is a super ager? What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. Well, this, the term super ager, I believe it was invented by some researchers at Northwestern. It's in my book, the exact details, but a lot of people have started using that word because it, I love it because it embraces, uh, something where we we're not, it's not anti-aging we're embracing aging, but we're, we're expanding it. It's like doing something super. So it's fun. I mean, I heard about the word and I was like, what is a superager? I want to be that. I didn't know what it was, so I wanted to research and find out what a superager is. I think superagers have agency. They, no matter what stage of life,, uh, you know, because I have people in my book, I have examples of what I call superagers from every age, you know, 50 and up. And they could be 110, they could be 80, but they are living with agency. That means no matter what the circumstances of their life, any time of life, because we're all gonna have things that we cannot control, um, unfortunate circumstances, fortunate circumstances, life happens to all of us, but we have our agency. How we react to the what life has given us is the most powerful thing. And then I think, attuning and tuning into our purpose what we're here to contribute what we love to do what makes us happy so all of the superagers that I feature in my book besides giving wisdom and advice I have a lot of stories of people some of them have passed some of them are still living and how they came to their purpose because there's not a one-size-fits-all that's why the stories are so important
0: Yeah. I really love that. I love the stories in your book. I could really relate to parts of them and it, and it's inspired me on other parts, you know, in my book, you recharged, I have some research that talks about a study that they did with older women. They were all in their eighties. They were all what we would consider sickly, right? They, they had some, um, Less, comp- some, they were disabled or had some capacity that wasn't working well for them. And yet they all had high vitality because of just what you're saying. It was how they were responding to those challenges. They didn't see it as bad or good. They just lived with them and did the things they were driven to do and curious about and enjoyed in their life. And and so many of us look at aging as, oh, this is a problem. Getting older is, is so bad. Man, the alternative to me is I, I wanna be getting older. I wanna have these experiences. Why do you think we see aging as such a negative, as such a problem instead of something to
1: embrace? Oh, I love that question. It's something I think about a lot because I believe it's very cultural. Um since maybe the industrial revolution, uh we've we've looked at life very mechanistically in the west. And older adults were always in many cultures and I believe even um before like the the 19th century or 20th century more, uh, older adults were uh Revered, they were respected, they were, they had the wisdom, and in many cultures, they still do. The Western idea that we're sort of a machine is very new. So, I lean into my yoga training, I lean into my training in Indian medicine, where there's a much bigger, holistic view of life, and you get to the juicy part as you age. And in, uh, for example, in Indian medicine, I talk about it in my book, the stages of life are associated with elements. Hmm. So when we're babies, we're connected to the earth and the water and, you know, you're, you're just babies have more fatty tissue and that's part of the earth. They're just love There's They're so you know, like unconditional love. That's the earth. You know, we feel calm in, in when we're in nature around earth. And then we get to the fire stage starting it when we're teenagers, we're making that separation. Uh, if you, you know, if you've gone through being a teenager, which I think your listeners have, you've, you know, that fire stage. And um, then you go and that, and that goes through life. You know, you've got that fire, you've got more drive. And that is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. As long as you're in balance, when it's out of balance, maybe you're too forceful there's other ways to be out of balance but then you get to go to the air and the air stage of life air and ether it's a more spiritual stage it's when you get to integrate all those experiences of childhood of um being a teenager of being an adult and all the life experiences that you've had you now have you're like considered in many cultures a sort of a spiritual teacher so yeah, I, I love that.
0: I'm living with fire right now. I have a teenager. And I feel and that's a great way to describe it. She is awesome. But talk about energy and um, fire. I mean, that's a great way to and, and I feel like I am moving into the air like, like the things that used to really mess with me. They're not always pleasant. There's still discomfort. But there's I have An ability to step back and say, oh, right, but I've seen that before, or I can respond this way, or I don't have to be fire again myself to respond to the world. And it's such an interesting awareness to have that maybe I don't have to meet everything with the same energy I did when I was young. Maybe it can be more connective or more calm or more loving or whatever it is. I think that's so interesting. I I like that you go through that on your book. One other thing you say is you suggest we become a detective for joy and
1: purpose. I love that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And to tie it in with your last question, each one of us has a specific blueprint. In Indian medicine, um, we have a Prakriti, and that is our, it's like our essence that we're born into this life, into this body, so to speak. It's all combining in this magical way. And we have a blueprint. What we love is part of that blueprint. So we have to really listen and we have to let go of that comparing mind where we think, Oh, Polly's doing this. Maybe I should do that. Or what should I do? You have to listen. Like what really excites you? What brings you joy? Um, what purpose would you just, you know, no matter if you're feeling pain in your body, you get out of bed excited to do it. As you spoke about the the women in their eighties study, that's the kind of thing when we tap into that, we're motivated to do what it takes And we're excited about life and that excitement is infectious so another thing i want to say with your blueprint some of us have more fire or we have different elements and and to balance those elements is also important so i don't know about your daughter but she could already be a kind of a fiery individual some of us are more fiery you know we know the type they maybe get angry more quickly they're quick to criticize if they're out of balance, but they're also very smart, sharp, you know, we call sharp. And if you are going through being a teenager and you already have a lot of fire, then I say, watch out, they're on fire. <laughs> I had yeah. yeah, I had a stepdaughter like that. I'm like, watch out, just cool her, you know, just stay out of the way. Everything will be fine, but just don't get into that fire. Yeah, you know, I think that's a
0: good point. I think the challenge is, is, um, I relate to her a lot. I definitely, we talk, the, the girls in my family, she and I talk all the time about, hey, we're passionate when we're happy, we're passionate when we're sad, we're just fired up all the time, right? And so as I get older, my challenge has been to bring in some of that air and to bring in some of those cooling agents so I can offset her energy and support her, but also so, so I can move into the next place without being so volatile against myself or others or whatever. It's a really interesting time, but, but I think to your point, it's not a bad time, right? When we become aware of these things, it's really curious and, and fun. I'm learning a lot. I feel like, I feel like when I was growing up, the image was of aging before we understood brain plasticity and all that, we get to a point, and that was as good as we could do. I really feel now it's unlimited, and that feels exciting to me.
1: Absolutely, and one of the things as we, I, I really believe we're evolving as as humans. The the entire planet is evolving together. We have so many more examples, you know, for various reasons. I mean, really simple things like sanitation,s and. And modern medicine, you know, we might sometimes, um, you know, I might say things about modern medicine that didn't teach us, but modern medicine has allowed us to live much longer lives. And so with that, we have so many more examples of adults that are living longer. Uh, I was blessed to be around my grandmother who lived to be about, she almost lived to be 96. Um, She was a few months shy of being 96, she was 95 when she passed, and I was very close to her. So I saw how she was. And that, I think, really influenced my thought, my thinking about aging. And not everybody in the turn of the century, um, most, um, not even this century, I'm talking about the, the 20th century, most women did not, you know, their mother didn't live past a certain age, and most women didn't have grandparents. So having grandparents having older adults around you 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 see the reality compared to maybe let's say the media image of of being an elder
0: yeah I think I think that's true and I think in in some ways that's challenging because we like to have this story this image but it's also interesting because I think my generation and my mother's generation are getting to reinvent what 90 looks like or what 80 looks like or what it means to be an elder and it's it's not old per se, right? I put quote marks over my head because I know people that are much younger than my mother who act old in the way they think. So it's all again, that response. We get, like you said, we get a chance to respond to these things in our life in a way that's going to lift us and help us live our purpose and excite us or not. Right. So that comes down to how we want to show up. Yes. Okay. Talk to me. You touched on purpose, What is the value of that? And how do we
1: start to discover our own if it's changing or if we've never tapped into that? Yeah, I think, again, coming back to following that blueprint. Now, that sounds easy, but it is uh, sometimes challenging. And we all go through phases where we might feel discouraged or, you know, life sort of changes up on us. And we know as we get older, (laughs) it's probably happened to us many times. Um, there's a Japanese word that I talk about in the book called ikigai. And ikigai is a word that means um, what you're here for, basically. What you are here for. So it's a little less loaded than purpose. Um, What you are here for is, it doesn't necessarily, because I think in the West, again, we start to go towards career and like what we're doing out there in the world. And your ikigai could be something like um, to be a loving grandparent, hmm. to uh, have great relationships, maybe to be a wonderful caregiver. So it's not always that externally validated, you know, purpose. It can be a contribution. And one of the examples I have in my book is of a lady that is 103 and she uh, goes out near a school. This is in Japan. And this is from um, a book about Ikigai she waves at all the children going to school. She just stands um, outside on the street near the school. Some uh, children are being driven to school. Some are walking to school and she just waves and smiles and greets them. And we know how that makes us feel when somebody greets you with enthusiasm, it feels great. So that's her ikigai right now. And everybody loves her and they love that they look forward to seeing her she it gives her something that's very exciting she gets to see the children every day so i always talk a little bit about that because i don't want everyone to get caught up in i've got to do something like jump out of an airplane when i'm 85 there is a few people that love doing that but it's like you yeah, know i'm not doing like, that i'm no, not doing that no it's not me either but you know everybody's going to have something different. That's where we go into that blueprint.
0: Well, and I like that it doesn't have to be like, this isn't a job. You're not wrong if you don't have, if you're not writing the book or you're not going back to college or you're not, you know, whatever it is. We, uh, a couple of years back, we had a man named Tim Tamashiro on the show about his Ikigai was to delight. That was it. He, he wanted in all his interactions with people to leave something delightful, to help, people feel delighted and he wanted to feel delighted too and i just thought that was so beautiful because when i think of purpose like oh i have to reach this many people and i have to write this many books no it's about how you want to wake up in the day and the things that make you feel good as well as perhaps leave a positive impression with other people
1: i love that yeah and i love that he described it Uh, He wants to delight others. And then when he wakes up in the morning, I'm sure he can think about that. How can he bring more of that? And that just is very expansive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I loved expansive. That's a great word because the things you write about in SuperAger are really the way I saw them is, oh, this is an option. And if I tried this thing. If I did this thing, I'm going to be more expansive and I'm going to expand into this next phase of my life. And I think whenever we're doing that, it feels like we're more in alignment with the universe, right? Because the universe is always expanding and growing and we're part of that. So I love that. All right. Elise, we're gonna take a quick break here on Polly Campbell Simply Said. When we come back, I wanna talk about a couple of the habits you think we can start establishing today to help us get to this expansive place. And I also wanna talk about circadian rhythms. This is something I hear a lot about and um, I'm living in the dark, gray, rainy state of Oregon right now. So I'm thinking a lot about this stuff and I want to get into it when we come back with Elise Collins, the author of Superager. Ager. When we come back right here, I'm Polly Campbell Simply Said on the best business network of Electrocast. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electric as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electric And we are back. I'm Polly. You're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said. And we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. We're on the Best Business Network of ElectroCast. And today we are talking with super ager and super ager author, Elise Collins. And Elise, before we went to the break, I was asking you straight up, I mentioned my curiosity about circadian rhythms. It's something you go to in the book and i know it's something tied to ayurvedic medicine which you talk about what are these things and why do we need to pay attention to them
1: yeah quite simply polly living in sync with nature it's something that we've been disconnected to um i'd say in the past 100 years or so where you know electricity was invented we can stay up all night we can be on our devices and that kind of thing but what we've gotten out of touch with is how much our bodies uh, really are synchronized with nature. Now, Ayurveda always talked about that. And now we're getting a lot of, We're there's a lot of research in circadian medicine and how um, things like the light, how it affects your eyes. Going out in the morning is something I always tell people. That's so easy, especially if you have sleep issues, uh, go outside and um, get some light on your eyes. I just updated another one of my books, Chakra Tonics, Essential Elixirs for the Mind, Body and Spirit. And I have, I have added some rituals into that hmm. uh, book. And one of the rituals that I added was a morning newspaper ritual. And I loosely, <laughs> I base it on my, I live with my parents who are 92 and 93 right now, as we're speaking, and they still get, let's see, four, five newspapers. They get one just on the weekends. So I go out every day and get their newspapers for them. And people used to do that back in the day. They used to get outside and pick up the newspaper. So the light was going onto their eyes. They were were doing a little stretching as they bent over to grab the newspaper. (laughs) So I just elaborated a little bit in, in the book. You can check out that book as well. But the idea is, you know, we, some of us don't go outside. Some of my clients don't go outside till, you know, we're working at home. Many people don't need to leave the house until, you know, they got to go to an appointment or something. So um, if you can take periodic breaks, that's one, go outside and just let the light or go, you know, put your face out the window and get some light on your eyes because that's what sinks you up daily. So when the light is out when the natural when the sun is up when the
0: natural light is out we need to be a part of that we need to be out there feeling that in order to wake our body up to its natural state is how that works okay then then can that also help us sleep do we go outside when the sun is is dropping and getting darker how how can we improve our sleep rhythms by using that
1: yeah your your eyes are incredible and one of the things that happens is your body actually knows. It's a weird thing, but there's something called the suprachiasmatic nucleus in your eyes. And um, no, it's not in your eyes. I'm sorry. The light hits your eyes, and then it goes into that brain center in the pituitary, and you can tell your 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 body can tell if it's evening light or morning light, and so we have that interactive kind of clock mechanism in our body. So. If you can't get out in the morning, go out in the evening, your body will still know it, but it's just very powerful because the minute we go outside and get that morning light, it turns off our melatonin. It helps to wake us up a little more. Um, I'm not going to say it helps more than coffee, but it can help (laughs) in addition to coffee. And for me, it's really helped. I know that this is, it can be kind of a controversial thing because some people say, oh, I'm a night owl. Um, I don't want to wake up early you know, you're going to do it the way you do it. Again, it's your blueprint. But I would say get outside um, above all sometime during the day.
0: I I love that. It's so easy not to, like you said, I mean, I can read my paper, my newspaper on the screen, I don't have to walk down the driveway anymore. Right. So we have this little dog. And whether it's my time to take her out or not, I try to take her out every hour. So that I force myself to get outside. And it has been a, a gray spring for us in Oregon, but what I've found is still the sun's coming up earlier. And so I tend, I'm tending to wake up with the sun now easier right but when it's dark i'm i'm going to bed early too i'm tired so it's it's interesting i i think any of those kind of habits and thoughts to get outside and be engaging with the world can be effective you also have a number of habits that you offer in Super superager for us to be more tuned into these kind of things what are some other things you suggest
1: well there's things like um the practice of forest bathing now you know that's that's a kind of elevated term, but it means just going outside into a forest and just you know thinking of just being there. I think because we're so goal oriented, again in that in that Western mindset. So uh, forest bathing, it started in Japan, I believe. A lot of people are doing it here. I have a friend who helps take people up in, um, in the North Bay. I live in the Bay Area, uh, California. And she takes people on forest baths, but it it helps us to give these kind of silly names. I mean, it's not silly, but it's, an, it, you know, when right, we think right. going out into the forest, it just helps us to go like, oh, I'm going to forest bathe. And then we, we sort of drop that idea that I have to do something or I have to accomplish something, I have to do a hike. You could just be in the woods and soak up that energy. And I know that your listeners have felt that when we, I give that example a lot to my students, just imagine you're at the beach, you're in a forest, you naturally start to slow down, right? That's one of the practices, um, eating, uh, you know, eating practices. There's so many in the book. I'll just give one that has to do with circadian rhythm, which is have a bigger lunch. Hmm. And why? Because Your body, again, is aligned with nature. You have more um, digestive enzymes and um, digestive juices that will digest a bigger lunch. Like if you want to splurge and have cupcakes or cookies, have them at lunch because your body can process them rather than at night when we often think, oh, that's the time to have dessert after dinner. Your body's more sluggish. And then that's going to actually interrupt your sleep a bit. It's going to make it harder to sleep when you have a heavier meal in the evening.
0: All right. I'm going to use these words because this has been a point of contention for my family because I feel better when I eat earlier and everybody else wants to eat a little bit later. But I swear if I eat after Sometimes even seven, but for sure after eight o'clock, I have crazy dreams. I don't get a restful sleep. I don't feel good in my body. And I've never heard it mentioned like that, but I, I think that's true. Our body is up and working. So it's naturally digesting more efficiently when we're awake in the day.
1: Oh, okay. Absolutely, cite me and <laughs> cite. There's a lot of research. At Colin says doing it. <laughs> there is research. I'm happy to send it to you. And I know that that happens with families too. Um, my parents love to eat late. Now they still are living a long life, but maybe it didn't affect them. I don't know. But I can't eat. I can't eat later, so I'll just sit down with them and you know have some tea or have a drink. So that that's one way that it's a work around because if your family insists on eating later, you can just say, "Okay, well, I'll eat earlier and I'll I'll have a nice cup of tea with you guys." And because it's it's the social, you know, we want to have sit down together. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's part of it too, right? This isn't all about what we put into our body or how we move our body, but it it's also. The engagement we have in the world, the things we're learning, the things we're thinking about, the way we're connecting to each other—wouldn't you say that stuff's important to living a long, happy life too?
1: Absolutely, our social connections are huge, and that's that's a whole other topic that we could spend hours on. Because many, um, the trend in the world is that we're living longer. We we may be widowed, divorced. Um, and maybe living far from family, because because of the way life is now, we may have to move um, states away or countries away from our loved ones and relatives, which means more elders are living alone as they age. And that can be, that's why I say it's a huge topic.
0: Well, and, and we're going to wind up in just a minute, but it occurs to me since you shared that you're living with your parents. In Western culture, um, we tend to have this idea that in order to be viewed as successful, we have to separate from our families, right? We have to move out from our parents. And I do think there's value to that for a certain degree, but in, in some uh, Latin cultures I know and other places, they come back together. They They move, they live intergenerationally and they help each other and they love each other and they spend time together. I think that's an interesting concept. In the US, we're so spread out. It's not like you can easily walk from house to house in many places so it's a uh, it's interesting how how the different cultures do it differently and many record greater level of happiness as well so <laughs> we get people from all over the world who listen to this so if you're in one of those cultures where uh, you do live together throughout your life as as a unified family or group I want to I want to hear from you leave me a comment let me know how that's like I think that's important
1: I'd be excited to hear those comments too, because you really pointed out something that is very powerful. Um, Yeah. And I, I totally agree. There's a, a kind of a pressure and it's really, I think there's, there's a deeper psychological, you know, we could move away from someone we can separate, but maybe we're, we're, Perpetuating the same patterns because that happens a lot too right you learn a lot by living with your family not always fun lessons, but you learn- <laughs> That's true, but you say in your book and the, and I can tell from you that we
0: can change some of those patterns if we're not feeling good that's a sign that we're not moving in the direction that we want to go or that our bodies want to move yes
1: yeah, absolutely. And it, it really comes from living from the heart. I mean, your listeners can just place their hand on their heart and just feel what's in their heart. Your heart is going to speak to you in a different way than the rest of your body, your mind, for example. So I think living from your heart is absolutely critical to that joy. If we're not cultivating that joy, if we're living from fear, for example, or doubt, no, those things are going to come up. But, you know, a fear, sometimes fear is just getting our mind, I'm I'm making a, a, a finger symbol of spinning. If our mind is spinning out, then then we want to step away from that and calm ourselves, go into nature, take a walk with your dog. I love that's a great way. That's a great super superager tip. Um, and come back to what is really important to us. What is really, what we're passionate about. You use that word, my daughter and I are passionate. When we can connect to those passions that is going to help us. We'll feel more expansive and connect to life.
0: Yeah, I love that. Put your hand over your heart as a way to ground yourself. That's kind of a mindfulness exercise, right? We talk about that here from time to time. And and just slow your roll and get in tune with what feels good to you and what you need. There are tons of great suggestions, ideas, research in Elise Collins' book, Super Ager. You can look younger, have more energy, a better memory and live a long and healthy life. Pick it up, Elise, where can we follow you, learn more about your other books and your work?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Elise Marie Collins Yoga. You can find me on Facebook. Again, Elise Marie Collins Yoga. I'm also on LinkedIn. And you can email me my full name, Elise Marie Collins, no dots or underscores at Gmail. Email me. And I also have actually for your listeners, if they're interested, email me and I can send you a little daily routine um, that you can fill in yourself with your own habits, what you like, and it's got a couple inspirational quotes and yeah, I'd be happy to send that to you fantastic
0: get in touch with elise marie collins the author of Superager. you can look younger have more energy a better memory and live a long and healthy life i'm gonna do it I've, i'm working through the book right now you know i only take on things that i'm curious about so i'm right there and there's lots of things i'm integrating i think it's worth a look you can find me at polycampbell.com or join our simply said community at polycampbell.substack.com where we go into these things and i share what i'm working on what's working what's not and, and take your comments as well. Elise. thanks for being here. Totally interesting. I loved your book and I I love talking with you today.
1: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
0: All right. Remember listeners, take a moment, listen to yourself and think about how you want to experience the next year and all the years ahead, how we respond, the habits we create, the things we do today can help us live a healthy, happy life for the years to come. And that will help us all live well, do good and be happy.
1: On Generation Bell Electric acid. Electric, acid. Electric
0: acid.